Hi guys, we're back again. Keith and Andrew. No, I'm Keith. That's right, you're Keith. And this is Inside AV. And I'm Andrew. What are we going to cover? Well, two-second intro. We're at inside-av.com and you can contact us on show at inside-or-av.com. Yep. After you jumped on the webpage, click on the uh, Facebook link to like us. Much appreciated if we could get some feedback, comments, questions. Happy to answer any questions. If you download us through iTunes and subscribe, and then you may feel inclined to write a review or rate us, in which case you can send us your details at the aforementioned email address, and we'll send you a name audio sample CD valued at $25. Excellent. I've already done it when you're sending mine out. I didn't get your email. Oh, I'll do it again. Well, folks, we're back again. We're back. How you going, Andrew? I'm good, thank you, Keith. Um, I've been mentioning for a while that we were going to compare Riga DAC with the Cambridge, and yes. uh, that's been put off. Why's that? What happened? Uh, there's these things called customers, and one came in and bought it. Oh, really? Mm. He sort of took it home to try it, and then he rang up and said, there's no way I'm bringing this back. This is Was that his words? Yes. Really? Mm. Well, that's that's pretty good, though. It was good. You don't think he'd let us loan it back? <laughs> yeah, I should have said that. Uh, no, nah, so that's all right. I ordered another one, so I'll be here soon. Um, oh, well. And anyhow, what what I thought we would do next time we have five seconds is we'll compare the new with the old. Cambridge, oh, the Cambridge. Cambridge Magic Plus with Cambridge Duck Magic. Okay, well, that'll be all right. Yeah, we're going to do that soon. And we'll wait for the Riga. Yeah, the Riga will be up. Um, oh, I don't know couple of days or so really but uh the point is uh, we'll do that anyhow now hdmi leads oh hdmi it's a big subject and uh i uh don't know where to start with it except to say that there's a lot of stuff if you do a search on youtube there's a lot of um you know slagging off of monster cables implying that they're expensive well and no better than a cheap cable what are your thoughts on that there's definitely a big variety of HDMI cables. They come in all sorts of colours, which is irrelevant really in their performance, but oh well. Yes. They and do though, don't they? They, they look good behind. quite fancy looking. I always like it when they've customers got that nice clear-coated HDMI cable and I have to install it in the wall, never to be seen <laughs> again. <laughs> anyway... Um, Oh, well, we sort of covered this before. It's it's digital. You, you I, I think we did chat about it before, but I don't think we we've got it actually out to the listeners. I yet. think I think that that particular spiel required so much editing due to my foul mouth that we might have scrapped that one. So we might just cover it again. We'll cover it again. Okay. Well, my trade theory mm-hmm. is that if the signal goes in digital and it comes out digital, that's all you need. So it doesn't need to be flavoured or colourised or whatever they reckon they're <laughs> saying their cable will do for you. If the signal goes in and it comes out, the cable's done its job. So mm. um, there, there's obviously structural things to the cable that have to be considered, and I understand that. That's a, certainly a priority. So you don't want to buy 
the cheapest cable in the world and um, you know have the thing physically fall apart or mm. not physically connect into your devices correctly. So, but I, you don't have to spend hundreds and hundreds or thousands on HDMI mm. cables. I saw the YouTube uh, videos that I looked at prior to us chatting about it now. There's a couple of things. Gold, gold plating on the connectors, uh, improved structural integrity, and of course the YouTube videos are primarily pushing the fact that there is no better performance and they're pushing the fact that it's ones and zeros or zeros and ones and that's the end of that. Yep. Now, I slightly disagree with that in a way because I'm guessing, and I ain't a guru on the subject, but I'm guessing that TVs have some quite smart error correction in there but what I, so therefore, to some degree, there is that scenario where maybe with a longer HDMI cable, 10 metres or plus, 10 yes. metres plus, yep. 10 metres or more, where you may get some very subtle noise or pixelisation or whatever, that the noise would be created by error correction being employed, yep. and the pixelisation would be, of course, just a complete breakdown of the signal. But in the same way as digital TV broadcasting may pixelate just prior to going no signal, the same thing could, I presume, occur with HDMI. So, in other words, the pixelisation is indicative that the signal, the cable is indeed faulty or not performing at the spec. Yeah. From my experience, when it does that, it's usually it's a, the cable's physically damaged or the connection's physically damaged mm. on the device. I would agree, if it's a short cable, five metres or less. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah, okay, back to a longer cable. If you're buying long cables, yes, you want probably thicker quality, as in thicker cables, mm. thicker um, shielding, or more shielding, not thicker shielding. So you, you're buying physically more cable or copper in the, in, the, in the cable itself. Yeah, the longer cables tend to be thicker. Maybe, I don't know whether that's the conductors are bigger or there's another layer of shielding or two. But there is a theoretical limit, which I thought was five metres originally, but now it seems to be ten, where over ten you need some kind of buffering or amplification or something in the middle yeah. of the cable. Well, I think some people call them active cables. But to make this conversation more interesting, folks, why, about, why don't we suggest an alternative, which is Cat6 cable? Oh, yes, and Cat6 cable, I would be happy to sell you some for about a dollar thirty a metre. I don't know what you sell it for. Yeah, that's about right. Uh, normally I'd say $12 a metre if someone drives up in a Lambo, but the right price is about a dollar thirty a metre. So a bit of data cable. Yeah, but uh, Cat6 versus Cat5. Cat5 is junk, really. Cat6 is much more dimensionally stable, has that uh, plastic... Um, a cross running down the middle of it yep. so that the pairs are separated and are consistent and it's a higher speed cable with whatever. Now, you can buy little dongles to go on each end that convert, you know, HDMI to some kind of, you know, in-between yeah. thing that goes down the Cat6 and then at the other end it's converted Cat6 back to HDMI cable. Those dongles vary in price from probably something on eBay for $100 a pair through to about four or five or $600 for something of professional quality. But yes. the thing is, I've used those, and they work. And you can have 20 or 30 metres. I haven't used it that long, but I have used it up to about 20 in between, and it works beautifully. Yeah. 
And if you say spend, like the dongles I sell are 250 a pair, and they work to about 15 metres very, very well at 1080p. Two, oh, 250 a pair. I thought you said $2.50 a pair. No, no, the $2.50 ones don't work very well. No. No. <laughs> I make those out of matchboxes uh, with nothing in them. Well, sometimes I put cotton wool, cotton wool in the uh, just to pat them out. Yeah, so they sort of <laughs> soften the, the picture. Talking about they soften the picture. Oh, Jesus, <laughs> hang on, hang on, I could have a beer. Mm. So yeah, that's that's odd, isn't it? So you take a HDMI signal, pump it down a HDMI cable. Yep. You're pretty well limited to about 15 meters, but you take a HDMI signal and pump it down a piece of Cat five through. a a matching ballon or cat six as or I cat six sorry yes. down cat six generally well a lot of i know some will run on one cable but most of them want two cables yeah they do run on two runs yes yeah. so, so that's two dollars sixty a meter Ooh. but of course you've got to have your dongle at each end or adapter or ballon or whatever you want to call it and generally it runs on a five volt plug pack now the thing I like about this is that when you wire a house, you get to pull Cat 6 through, and you can even pull four runs of Cat 6 through and have a couple of spares, and it costs bloody nothing. Yes. And then you can terminate it properly at the wall as well, because there's no real quite right terminations for HDMI at the wall. No. Not really, because you're putting a join in a high-speed cable, which Doing is Doing the right-angle turn with it. Yeah, yeah. Not it's good. N- it's all... So you've got to put a right-angle adapter in, then you've got it through the plug, and then you go, oh, my God, you've got connection on connection on connection. Yep. The chance of it ever working reliably, nil. Certainly in the climate that we're in with the humidity and the salt, no chance. Not in the longer term or even the medium term. So Cat6, RJ45 connectors, wall plates, whatever you want to call them. Yep. Pretty, pretty solid, reliable stuff. Proven and cheap. And you could get any appropriately talented cable person to install it. And you won't jag it in the roof and no one will hit it with the you know, the jit rock oh, guys yes. won't yeah. put a screw through it and if they do who cares? You've got two spares anyhow, assuming you run four. Blah 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 blah. Because Always. what I'm leading up to saying is how many times recently have you had a customer ring up oh I've got intermittent picture or whatever, sometimes it doesn't work, you go out there and the cable that their installer has run the HDMI cable through the roof to the projector or to the front of the room to the TV is now stuffed. And the only way, because the connectors are dodgy, which is bringing me to another point that we're going to get to very quickly with an experiment that I have in mind to apply. Experiment? I like experiments. Yeah, experiments are good. Um, So this has happened to me half a dozen times where the HDMI cable, it probably cost them good money because it's a long one, in many cases, it's a fancy one. In some cases, it's not. Has failed. And the only way to fix, of course, a dodgy connector on a HDMI cable is to replace the HDMI cable. Okay. In one case, I did have a little bit of a chuckle to myself one afternoon when a, I think it was an electrician came in and asked for a HDMI plug. And oh, I, to repair a cable that was damaged. Uh, yes. I, I think said, he might have come and seen me. It's yeah, like, I, said it, I said I was out. I normally have them. They're dollar fifty. And I said, Keith might have one, and I sent him over to you. And Bounced you, him around. And then you told him a different story. No, that didn't happen. He was he was amazed that you couldn't replace the plug. Yes. I did try to explain to him that electricity is different to digital high-speed data. Yes. Of course, he didn't know what digital high-speed data was. And I wasn't sure that he knew what electricity was. 
<laughs> but he did know how to join the red wire to the red wire and the black wire to the black wire. Uh, I've had one builder ring up and say he needed the HTML cable repaired because the dog, his dog had chewed it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, and new cable through the roof. Yeah, well. So Cat6 fixes all of that. And to my way of thinking, for about three or 400 bucks worth of bits and pieces, including the cable, you've got a far more, far more you know. Uh, robust. Robust. Yeah, practical. It's practical. Certainly in a pre-wire, it's far more practical. You can get HDMI matrix switches with um, RJ45 connections straight on the back. Is that right? So, so how smart is that? So, in fact, HDMI may all, almost in the longer term, in the higher end of the market, be heading that way. And on that note, I want to cover t- two or three other very quick points. Gold plating. Yes. I had a very intelligent customer say to me once, gold's not as good a conductor as... Silver? Silver or, or um, copper. Why gold? Well, it doesn't corrode. Yeah, it doesn't oxidise. It's the most noble of minerals or metals. Metals. But, but, but it's not a good conductor, but it doesn't corrode. But... Every HDMI lead I have ever seen, except the $6 ones at Bunnings or wherever the <laughs> shitbox ones are, um, is gold. Of course, some of it's presumably gold paint. Um, of course, gold paint probably doesn't corrode either. <laughs> so who cares? But it wears off pretty quick. Um, the So gold coating, yeah, you should get that no matter what price range. But the other thing is that I mentioned is the physical sturdiness of these connectors and the way they're attached to the cable. I'd like to check that. Okay. Would you like to what, join oh, this me is in the an experiment. experiment? This is the experiment. We're gonna mm. So we're gonna do a structural test of cables. We're gonna do HDMI cables. I reckon we can do two things. I reckon we go into an appliance store that will remain unnamed. Okay. With a recording device. Ooh. Well, you know, in the state of Queensland, unless they've changed the law, you can record one end. You can record a conversation between two people with only one party being aware that's being recorded quite legally. Okay. Uh, I think Queensland and either Tassie or Queensland and WA are like that. The rest of the country, and that's why when you ring up Telstra or something, they'll tell you that they're going to record the conversation for the purposes of training. And <laughs> you know what I always say to them? Mm, no. <laughs> <laughs> No, you guys do a lot of training. Oh, yes. Well, you know what it's really for? It's for the purposes of the Christmas party is what it's really for. Oh. It's when they get the good ones, they've got them on tape, and then they play them at the Christmas party. Yeah. Uh, the... So we're going to do that. We're going to go in and buy... They must have a high staff turnover, you reckon? So like Telstra. Keep, yeah, keep training them. I don't know if you people who have worked at Telstra in the front line on phones, you know, on the... On the on the uh, uh, on the um, inquiries desk, yeah, effectively. And uh, man, do they push them! If they can't, oh, they can't get certain things happen into a certain amount of time. Just, they're told to hang up, which <laughs> seems harsh. But anyhow, uh, maybe that wasn't Telstra. No, it was. Anyhow, um, so we're going to use a do some in. A recording device. We're going to go in, 
ask the helpful salesperson about the advantages of a monster cable, and we are using that brand in the podcast. Okay. I see no problem with that. Um, the gentleman that owns Monster uh, has plenty of money already. I don't think he's going to pursue us for our $12,000 worth of wealth that we have between us. So presumably we'll get away with it. Okay. Because we are making an assumption that Monster cables are no good. We shouldn't make that assumption. No, we might prove them to be quality cables. Yeah. Mm, I hadn't thought of that. Yeah, we'll see what, what happens. What about that other cable? Oh, you don't have it anymore. Mm. That bright yellow one that was here. Yeah, look, a rep came into my shop one day and announced, not, well, no, re-announced, that, that HDMI cables that he was selling, which is a brand that we needn't mention. Mm-hmm. It's a good brand, though. But they have a range of cables from affordable to stupid, and he said the middle of the range one was just unbelievable. He slagged off my setup in the very room that we're sitting in with the way that the Integra processor was connected to the JVC projector, which was via a $129 10-metre cable. Yes. That I quite happily sell, and I've never had a problem with them. And he... Uh, it doesn't have a name brand. It's just a generic thing. And I found that it would be good. So I used them. And it's quite heavy, like we were talking about before. Yeah. So he he sent me up, because he was adamant that even at one point... Five metres, two metres, three metre lengths. His brand of cable blew away any crap that I sold for $30 or whatever, right? So he sent this thing up. And uh, we plugged it in. And because the Integra has two outputs and the JVC has two inputs, we could set up an AB. Okay, and switch. Output into both cables from the Integra and then switch on the JVC between input one and two, HDMI one and two, which I think you were privy to this. Yeah, yeah. What was the difference? Um, I think they call it zero. <laughs> there was actually a couple of other people in the room that day. I think one of my other techs and also... Uh, General public. Was there was one, yeah, I think it might be Andy or someone was here. Some hanger on. Right. Anyhow, so... And the, we all four of us sat here and just flicked between them, watching a variety of material and saw no difference. Not not subtle differences, no difference. It's looking in the shadows, looking for dirt, looking for looking for grain, changes, looking, for, yeah. looking for anything. Fine detail. Yeah, looking for edge issues, looking for any problem. There was no problems. One, the yellow cable... Smart looking cable. I think it retailed for about six hundred bucks. Ooh. Mine was one twenty nine. Um, yeah. Okay. So what's well, the point? It did look cool though. Yeah, but. Mm. Mm. Well, we'll put the test. How many cables do you think we need to test? We'll have. A... I reckon we've got to go on that buying expedition. Actually, tomorrow night's late night trading. Do the special. Actually, I don't think anyone opens late night anymore, though, do they? Uh, JB and WOW will be open. Yeah, but we're not going to those two shops. We're going to another shop. Oh, okay. Remember, Oh, we won't later mention the names. No, we're not. Well, we're not mentioning the name, but I think everyone knows where Monster Cables get sold, and we are mentioning that brand. Okay. (coughs) Excuse me. Mm. Okay, that sounds good. That didn't... What, the cough? No, the... The test, the, the... The plan, the shopping expedition. Investigative. 
we're back. Um, that was quick. It was. <laughs> yep, didn't take long. Uh, surge protecting power boards. Oh no! This is I, look. I know enough. I'm not an electrician. No, but why do these things cost? Okay, there's a local installer who will remain nameless because we're about to say unkind things about him. He goes around town telling every single client that they need one of these two or two hundred and fifty dollar surge protecting power boards, and he basically won't even do the job of wiring up their home theatre system until and they buy one. Until they put one in. Keith, do you think they do anything? The two hundred and fifty dollar ones don't. Don't. They can't. How what? can they absorb all that energy and protect your equipment and cost two hundred and fifty dollars? Well, what? What what are we talking about here? Are we talking about uh, the power getting turned off and then turned back on, it comes back on. For some reason, it comes back on with some kind of spike. And does that even happen? Are we talking about uh, lightning strikes three feet away, 30 feet away, 100 yards away, or even 100 metres if we were to move ourselves into the year 2012 and speak in metric terms? Um, does Does this... Because, look, I don't know. I've seen a lot of equipment come in the store uh, with its backside smoked up. Yes. And the customer said, oh, I went and bought a decent surge protecting board and it still blew up. And, of course, I go, mm, surprise, surprise. Yeah. But what's in them? What, what, what do you know? What do I know? Um, and if we know nothing, we just should do some research. But... I suppose this is really just an excuse to okay. speak in trivial, not trivial, but, I, tell, but tell tales of... The the ones that you buy as power anyway. boards are, are really not going to do much. Hmm. I do have a product which I will bring in, um, Australian-made product, mm-hmm. and it's ugly. Hmm. But well, it does, it's made in Australia. Yeah, it does the job. Um they give five-year replacement warranty mm-hmm. on their surge board, mm-hmm. not on your equipment, mm. but on the surge board. So they, <laughs> <laughs> they stand behind their products. I don't know how the other guys, they give you $250,000 worth of cover or yeah, something. Yeah, well, see, I just wonder whether... See, that brings me to my key question is, are they really just selling you an insurance policy? Yeah, the power board you get for free with the insurance policy. Is anyone claiming it? No one's claiming it. But they're paying 250 bucks for it. For it. I'm guessing someone might have claimed, but the thing is, how often do you get a surge that actually kills your equipment? And then you've got to prove that it was... I mean, I don't think it happens. No. Except for lightning, that definitely happens. And the occasional... Uh, where they're working on the power, they change a transformer, someone drops the wrong wire onto the wrong wire and bangs 11,000 volts up your, up your 240 or something yeah. like that. That tends to bugger things up a bit but i don't think your power board's going to save you from that no i've got a surge protection story far away i did a a big installation yeah insulation (laughs) this is when you're in the insulation business installation oh installation installation um we had name brand power conditioners oh power conditioners not name audio no um that's all they do, power conditioners. Yep. Um, I believe 
Yeah, I think they were about sixteen hundred dollars each. These mm-hmm. power conditioners. Mm-hmm. Um, they had, they stated over voltage protection, right. um, surge, and brownout protection. Um, they had a big main switch on the front. Yes. And a little blue light. Ah. And a, and a little red light. I think that was it. Blue light good, red light bad. Yeah. Mm. I put them in the job. Mm-hmm. Um, basically protecting three different pieces of equipment, mm-hmm. all in the same rack, um, all on different circuits. So I had three separate circuits, three separate power conditions. Three separate circuits from the, from I got the switchboard? Le- I got the electrician to run three different circuits for okay. me. Okay, yeah. Three different... Um, wow, this is high-end. Yeah, mm-hmm. we were, we're going to do it right. <clears throat> the yeah. client wanted power conditioners. I got what I thought was the best or in the right sort of monetary value for the job. Yes. And so they weren't cheapies. No, they were sixteen hundred dollars each. Holy macanoli. So I put them in. Yeah. Everything was fine probably for uh two weeks, three weeks. Yeah. And then every now and then one of them would trip out and the high voltage light would be illuminated. Yes. So out of the three that were all in the same rack, all in the same room, yeah. it was air conditioned in that room too. Yes, it was yeah, quite yeah. pleasant little room to be yeah, in. Yeah. One would trip out and then you go back and you reset the power conditioner and everything would be fine, check everything, test mm-hmm. everything, go over it. This being a, a brand new um, building, yeah. um, I got the electricians back. Yes. That did me three power circuits. They tested their circuits. Um, I tested their circuits. Mm-hmm. Nothing unusual was happening that I could see. Yeah. Um, the owner, I think, then rented a, a data logging machine to Crikey. Log, yeah. log the power. Yes. Because every now and then, one one or maybe two would trip out, and it would be. It wasn't always the same one. It was always. A different one, or mm. well, when you say trip out, they're tripping out. You're saying from over voltage. In yes. what sense? They were well. I read up in the manual that came with the power conditioners. If it went above 275 volts, wow, it would trip and protect your so equipment. Just to clarify for international oh, yeah. listeners, so we live in a 230 volt country. 240. 230. 230. <laughs> no. You get 248 out of the power point. I know, <laughs> but you're confusing what comes out of the power with what we're supposed to be. Oh, okay. We are these days a 230 volt country and have been since, I think, 02. No one, A, no one knows, and B, no one... Well, this well is... it doesn't matter because I get 249 here at the shop. So it's irrelevant. <laughs> so it's irrelevant. But we are a two thirty volt country. We now oh. have the we follow the EU standard. Okay. So or some bullshit like that. Yeah. But no no, it is we used to be two forty fifty hertz. Yep. Now we're two thirty fifty hertz. Okay. You didn't know. No, I didn't know. No, that. well see no one does. I mean I didn't know. I'm gonna have to go Google that just to find out. It's sure. true. Okay. Well I had to know because of my investigation into certain design Australian standard bullshit things for a product I was developing. Oh, okay. A long time ago. Okay. <laughs> Did that take off? Didn't seem to, no. <laughs> right, let's go back I to my... I never finished it. <laughs> Another story in itself. Let's go back to my story. Please. So the electrician's come and data logged for 
a week. Yeah. Or a weekend. I think they ran it for a weekend. And they couldn't find anything. Mm. Um, Secret. Mm. Called Secret. Energex. Oh, well, it might have been at one point. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> was that long ago? Came and checked. The Electricity the, Authority. Yeah. They came and checked the mains transformer out on the yeah. street. This is getting serious. Yeah, it got a bit out of hand. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought, this is ridiculous. No one can find anything wrong, and my equipment keeps tripping out, and the customer's not happy, the things aren't working, everything was automated, but, of course, if the power trips out, it doesn't matter how good your automation is, it's not coming <laughs> back on. <laughs> so I thought, that's it. I'm ripping one of these power conditions out, I'm putting it on the bench. Yeah. And I had a Variac left yes. over from the TV repairs. Yes, yeah, I yeah, thought, yeah. well, let's see what happens. Yes. And I wound it up, and it tripped at... 247. No, from memory, at 235, 238, it would trip out every time. What? And I thought, that's not right. What so, do you mean? So when you say trip out, it shut down and yeah. turned off its output, obviously. Yeah, it had basically a circuit breaker, yeah. a resettable circuit breaker, and you could... But isn't it supposed to... Is this one of those ones that re... No, re... no, it wasn't that, it it wasn't was... that fancy. No, um, so... I'm trying to say re-generates uh, the mains in the sense that it... Um... It converts. It's basically it. an inverter, sort of. Not an inverter, but uh, it's like a UPS without the batteries kind of thing. Yeah. It, um, but this didn't do that. No. No. So I thought, that's not good. So now I've found the problem. Mm-hmm. It's obviously not... It's sensing circuits incorrectly mm. set. Mm. So I took the cover off. Yes. Rang the, manuf- or rang the supplier, who then rang the manufacturer, mm. who then got me the circuit diagram mm-hmm. and the information... I required, yeah, and I twisted a what you would call a twenty cent potentiometer on the circuit yes. board, yeah. trim pot, trim yeah. pot, and reset its trip voltage to. I think I had to set it to two sixty. I was going to say two fifty five or yeah. so would get you out of trouble. Yeah. yeah, and it was sweet. Yeah. And I had what? to do that for all three of them. So they were incorrectly set from the factory, from brand new. And I just had the electricians out and the... So let me tell you a story. Yes. Which you just have, and that is 230-volt country. Designed for 230-volt country, set for 238, you reckon? Yeah, yep. So who's at fault? I'll tell you who's at fault. Energex. For feeding 248 volts down a bloody power line that's supposed to be 230. <laughs> you think they'll... So you were going to have a shot at the manufacturer, which so I think re- I think you're right to say, because w- what is the problem with getting 245 down a 230 volt line? No, it, be, it wouldn't have... Yeah, well, it still would have tripped in my case. Yeah, that's what I mean. It should have been... They should have calibrated at least for 245. We're yeah. rambling a bit now. Yeah. What was the moral of your story, do you think? All equipment is rubbish? Oh, well, the moral of the story was when I opened the lid to see mm. what was in this quite, oh, quite expensive... Oh, no, 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 I don't want to hear. Well... There was nothing? There was a brick? Two bricks? There was a lot of space. A lot of, <laughs> space. A lot of air. A lot of air. 
There was a circuit board. Yes. And the the biggest part of the construction was all the all the IEC plugs that were all linked with buzz bars or across mm-hmm. the back of them yes, and then yeah. down and, and some nice cabling. And a toroidal transformer, yeah. which I thought, oh, well, that's all right. But there was a... Yeah, I was sort of disappointed to see what was inside. Well, how big a toroidal and what was it doing? Um, like it's a little... 300 milliamp thing to run the switching circuitry and measurement circuitry or was it a big transformer oh, that was maybe was, doing some kind of oh, transforming was, yeah it was probably the surge protection really it was just oh, so it's like a big choke you think yeah maybe? just a big choke in the in the system so the standard old big choke yeah okay so there wasn't anything fancy in there and these retail for $1,600 mm. so your point is very valid then what is in a power board nothing Oh, well, there can't be. There wasn't much in in my expensive mm. device. Yeah. How can there be anything in a little power board that you paid? Mind you, we're talking about two different things here: regulating the mains or trying to uh, what would you call it? Well, uh, we're talking about protecting your equipment. Yeah, and a, well, well, the power boards are supposed to sh- uh, short the mains and blow your earth leakage breaker, or or short to earth and pull the the safety switch in your in your fuse box, or are they? They usually have their own circuit breaker of some sort, but yeah, true. Yeah, so they got their circuit breaker. But what have they got? Like you, yeah, I don't know. There's some crap I've got out the front of the shop. There's a product. Oh, I think I sold it, gave it away to someone. Some rep had dropped it off, said as a sample, you know, <clears throat> and it's got the story on the packet about it. it's got this in, it's got that in, it's got eighty six active components or something, which of course <laughs> is complete rubbish. I mean, probably meant to be passive components, but. What does it do? Um, yeah. Does it does it say okay, it's a surge projector. You get a surge, does it save your equipment? Any better than a seven dollar HPM power board? Power I reckon what's it, twenty eighty rule. Yeah, I like to call it the eighty twenty rule. Eighty twenty rule. <laughs> but how does it apply in this case? Um I don't know. Eighty <laughs> percent of power boards are not going to do anything. Not going to do anything. Twenty percent of them are genuine products that may do something. But at the end of the day, if you get a lightning strike fifty feet up the road, which I think in metric terms is about <clears throat> twelve meters, something like that. Yes. Uh, nothing's going to help. It's 15, no, it's six, sixteen meters. Nothing. Next door, let's just call it, and it's induced into the power lines out the front. You are screwed. Yep. And having seen enough PowerPoints blown off walls with flame marks up the wall and all that sort of stuff over the years, I don't know how a power board's going to protect you from anything. If the lightning strike is 100 metres away, then you probably don't have a problem unless, once again, it's induced into the power lines. Um, one thing I used to do, mm. being in the, in the uh, repair game or starting in the repair game, electrical store... On the horizon, mm-hmm. just go around and unplug everything from the wall. Agreed. Go and sit out in the veranda and watch the thing come mm-hmm. over and go, and then you can go and plug all your equipment back in. Good advice there from Keith. I'd agree 100%. It's huh? the only thing that'll save you. Yep. Um, yeah. Of course, the other thing that'll save you is a solid insurance policy. 
<laughs> and if your appliances are getting a little tired and your hi-fi system is in need of uh, an upgrade, plug everything into the wall, turn it on. And wait for the electrical storm. <laughs> stick a large pole on your roof. <laughs> I'm not doing that experiment. I don't no. want Well, uh, to sum up, yeah, look, maybe they do something... But there's no way they're worth 250 bucks. I think that's what we're trying to say, folks. The point of the conversation is 20, 30, 40, 50, 60 bucks, maybe. Yeah. And as for plugging your antenna through it, don't do it. Oh. <laughs> uh oh. He's depressed all of a sudden. Oh. How many times have you had to I've been asked it? so many times, no. oh, you need to connect up the aerial through it. And I don't mean how many times I've done it and the signal. <laughs> just deteriorates beyond 12 dB <laughs> attenuation through oh, the thing geez. Yeah. So, so no never plug okay we're supposed to offer handy hints never plug your antenna through your surge protecting power ball with antennas on it just the antenna sockets in and out don't do it yes doesn't do anything doesn't and, it, and in fact well I, it does something it attenuates your signal I tell you what I an even better suggestion regarding uh, electrical storms is uh, unplug your antenna Oh, so that's yeah. the thing that build ups builds up a static charge like yes. you would not believe. I yeah. gave myself a boot once off an antenna lead that I'd unplugged because <laughs> there was an electrical storm. My God. Man. Yes. I drew about a twelve inch arc to the window frame. <laughs> Quite accidentally. I didn't actually get zapped by it. I crapped myself though. Man, I've never seen an arc so long. That's gotta be like a hundred thousand volts at least. Sitting charged up on oh, it'd be more, it'd be two hundred thousand. Yeah. A 12-inch arc, that's... It was impressive. That was, mm. You felt alive after that? No, I didn't get the boot, because it sort of... I was holding the cable, and it sort of discharged itself to earth, sort of to the house through the uh, aluminium window frame. There you mm. go. And not through my willy. <laughs> what are you laughing? Electric shock treatment. <laughs> um, okay, well, that's it for power boards. Yeah, it's just ignore it, folks. It's just it's all primarily not primarily. It's mostly bold. money grab. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right, we're off. Uh, <clears throat> back soon with um, another segment, which I can't think what we're talking about. But anyhow, bye bye. Hi guys, we're back again. This is Keith from Inside AV and... Andrew from Inside AV and we're going home. Yeah, that's it. We're wrapping this show up, putting it in the can, so to speak. I hope you got something useful out of that discussion on uh, power boards, power spike protecting thingamabobbies and, uh, of course, the ever-popular HDMI cable, which, of course, next episode we do the precursor to the uh, visual... Checks. Performance test. And the destructive testing. Okay, and just a reminder, everyone, if they would like to ask questions, show at inside-av.com. Most happy to answer any AV questions. Certainly. And um, and those who also write a review on iTunes and email us, we will send them one of those name label oh, CDs. With pleasure no matter where you are in the world. And we will um, go. Yeah, that's it for tonight. (laughs) See ya.